Welcome to the Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast. I'm Cheryl McColgan, founder of Heal, Nourish, Grow. The website, this show, and our newsletter all focus on making the science of advanced nutrition and greater overall health accessible to everyone. Buckle up for our latest episode to get ideas, tools, and practical knowledge you can use to improve your health and move towards your perfect version of ultimate wellness. The Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast shares interviews with nutrition experts, health researchers, and everyday people that have changed their lifestyle and nutrition to support greater health. You'll learn how to implement lasting change and create new habits that support greater wellness and a happier, healthier life. Please visit HealNourishGrowPodcast.com for full show notes and links to our guests. Hey everyone, hope you're having a wonderful day. I am Cheryl, as you know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, and if you haven't, welcome to the Heal Nourish Grow podcast where we talk about all things health, wellness, low carb nutrition, and things to help you improve your life at least a little bit every single day. And what I wanted to chat with you about today is how not to gain weight during the holidays. So every year, you know, around this time, we start to indulge a little bit more, myself included. And that can be a time with family and friends that's so wonderful. And so many of us with, you know, what has been going on in the world the last, oh, almost two years now uh, is a time to really celebrate and enjoy ourselves. And quite often in many cultures, at least in the American culture for sure, that revolves around food and around alcohol and around cookies and indulgences and all sorts of things that you might not eat on a regular basis, especially if you're trying to live a healthier lifestyle. So because as you know, my background is in my training is in psychology and addiction studies, I wanted to share with you some ideas and some strategies about how to, I'm going to put this in air quotes for those of you that aren't um, watching the video. So if you're listening on audio, this is air quotes, stay on track during the holidays. I kind of don't like that phrase because it, it, it insinuates that you're not kind of mindfully you know, making decisions all the time. And that is definitely part of what we're going to talk about today. So I think you can approach the holidays in two ways. So number one, if you're in maintenance mode, you can stay the course and stay at maintenance calories, stay with your same activities during the holidays as much as possible, and uh, maybe plan for overindulgences. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a short amount of time here. And the other strategy is if you are in weight loss mode for the holidays, that's fine too, but it's going to require a little bit more dedication and planning than usual. So there's a few ways that we can approach that as well. So first of all, you know how I always say, what's your goal? So determine what your goal is during the holidays. Do you want to, number one, maintain your weight? Do you want to, do you want to continue trying to lose weight if that's your goal? Or number three, do you not mind if you gain, say, let's five pounds during the holidays? Are you fine with that? And if the answer is that you are, that's that's a choice too. So you can always bake your choices, set your goals. And I highly recommend you do this kind of um, mental goal setting for this one. This does not require a big, um, you know, I like to have that, have that plan on my page. That's what is ultimate wellness. And it goes into a really long sort of goal planning uh, practice that is more about what are your goals for kind of your whole life in a way, really, but you work back from 10 years down to the present day. Well, for this exercise, I just want you to mentally think about that. When you reach January 1st, how are you 
you going to feel if you put on five pounds or 10 pounds? Or when you reach January 1st, how are you going to feel if you continue to lose weight? Or January 1st, how are you going to feel if you maintained your weight? Is that going to make you happy? Will you be sad that you didn't continue losing? Think about all that in terms of what are your goals for the holiday season, and that is going to determine how you approach these strategies and how you approach the entire holiday season. And you can really still have a lot of fun and indulge and not gain weight during the holiday season. So let's talk about that. So there's a lot of events, maybe not as many this year as in years past, and there's different kinds of foods that are going to be available that you might not eat on a regular basis. So again, knowing what your goal is going into this, it's look at the amount of activities that you have, look at the amount of special events, look at the amount of parties. And if it's a whole lot of them, your strategy really might revolve around, you know, taking specific ones. If you know, for example, one of the events might be Thanksgiving in America here. It's in the, you know, always around the third, fourth week of uh, November. And it's a place where it's typically all about the food. And if you're going to be joining with family, something might be like your grandma makes your favorite pie every year or something like that. But meanwhile, you've been living the keto lifestyle or you're trying to lose weight and you're thinking that pie is not your best idea. Well, if you don't have diabetes, and particularly if you've been keto for longer term, occasionally eating something like that is not going to really have any ill effects or long lasting um cause any long lasting problems. If you're diabetic, then you might be skipping the pie or making a low carb pie or low sugar pie. But if you're a normal kind of, I'm again using air quotes, if you're a normal person and you love pie or you don't want to hurt your grandma's feelings and you know that that's something that's going to come up, then make a choice. So this is one of my five C's to creating better habits, right? <laughs> There's another video about that on my YouTube channel if you ever want to check that out. Um, but you're going to make a choice, a conscious choice to, for example, have a piece of your grandmother's pie and just have one, depending on what your goals are. Again, if you don't mind gaining a little weight, maybe maybe overindulge a little bit more. If you want to stay on your weight loss plan, then keep it to one piece of pie. Make grandma happy. Um, then, you know, maybe there's a holiday party that you're going to and you know that there will be a lot of things there that might not be so good. For example, um, alcoholic mixers that might have a lot of sugar or um, choices on food that don't fit with your goals. So sometimes when there's an event like that, and it's not really going to, you know, it's not going to hurt anybody's feelings. Nobody is going to be watching you as closely as if you're at a table with your family, right? So if you're in a poll party, it's not as obvious to people what you are or are not eating. And it's one of my tips to never really, you don't have to talk about that. You don't have to explain your choices to anyone. You don't need to give any any excuses about why you're not having the pie or why you're choosing the crudite platter with the veggies over say, um, you know, crab puffs or whatever it is. You don't need to explain yourself any, to anybody. The more attention you bring to it, the more uh, distress it's likely to bring on. So for at parties, one of the tips that you could do is to not go to the party starving, um, particularly if you know what kind of party it is or what kind of food, or is it gonna be a full dinner? You know, take all of that into account. But because when I go to parties or events, quite often 
the protein portion is relatively small and I tend, I will not, um, and again, there's nothing bad around with this. It's all about making choices, right? I make the choice that I don't want to eat the mashed potatoes on a given night. I don't like them that much to start with and I'm not going to eat them just because they're there. So if I know that I'm going to an event and the protein portion is likely to be small, then I might eat something before the event. Also, that helps you go in. You're not starving. If you are going to have alcohol, you have a little something in your stomach. So there's multiple reasons why that's a good idea. It could be something like soup. There's lots of studies that have shown that soup really reduces appetite if eaten prior to a meal. Same with salads. It just gets some volume in your stomach. Um, or just, you know, think out of the box. Snack or a small meal just can mean literally a smaller meal of anything that you would normally eat. It doesn't have to be a specific type of food or a specific uh you know, snack, quote unquote, snack again with, with snacks. A snack doesn't have to be like a snack food. It can be a piece of chicken breast or it can be a piece of cheese, something like that. So if you're going to the event and you've made your choice that you want to kind of stay on, those are some strategies that you could use for that. So again, knowing your goals going into these type of events, um, again, it depends on who you're spending time with. Are there going to be any hurt feelings? And sometimes, hey, if it's for your health and you're diabetic, people need to understand that these choices that you're making, I mean, sometimes it's okay or maybe even necessary to be a little brutal with them. Like, yeah, grandma, I could eat that piece of pie, but I'm going to risk having my foot amputated because I have diabetes. So as maybe it doesn't need to be something that harsh, but you get my point, right? Sometimes people need to be reminded that there is a really good reason for you doing what you're doing. Um, or if it's just about losing weight, you might say, you know, grandma, I really love your pie, but right now I need to be focused on losing weight because I'm really unhealthy and I am worried that I might put myself at risk for some, you know, viruses this winter if I don't lose some weight. So there's, there's a lot of ways that you can say things to people. And again, it depends on who it is, what the situation is and what your goals are. So there's also, uh, I think I mentioned, you know, maybe you bring a low carb pie or something like that to an event. So finding substitutions for your holiday favorites is another great way that you can kind of I got to find a better way to stay on track, stay on track. I don't even like that phrase, but to do something in alignment with your goals. Whenever I say stay on track, it's meaning making mindful choices about things that are in alignment with your goals and that will help you reach your goals. So finding substitutions for holiday favorites, for example, I'm not a huge pumpkin pumpkin person myself, but I have a recipe for low carb pumpkin pie over on the website. It's does have a crust. The crust is like tricky to just to be honest with you. I had to do it over about six or seven times when I was photographing it because almond flour is very difficult to not have brown a lot so that the crust tastes delicious. Um, but getting it to, to look just right, there's a few little tricks to it. And that is included in that recipe, of course. Um, but that's an example for you. You might offer to be the one that brings the pie. Most people, if you don't tell them, won't even know the difference. They might know the difference about the crust because there's no great substitute for a real flour crust. I hate to say that, but it's true. But I'll tell you what is also very delicious is just making the filling without the crust. It's very much like a custard. You know, it's got eggs in it. It's got all that. So you can just bake it in a pie plate and have sort of like a, um, you know, crustless quiche pumpkin style, right? If you've been around my content for a while, you know that one of my favorite things is making and eating gourmet food and pairing it with wine. 
You might think you can't enjoy wine, though, while trying to lose weight or stay in ketosis. And if you're drinking traditional wine, you might be right. So many wines are mass-produced and full of sugar and other garbage additives that can wreak havoc on your health goals and just make you feel bad. Fortunately, I discovered Dry Farm Wines. I've been drinking their wine for years now, and I love this company. They individually test small batch wines produced by vintners that are committed to the practice of dry farm production. Some of my favorites have been the Blaufrankisch variety from Austria and all of the wines from the Loire Valley in France. Dry farm wines are free from excess sulfites and mold that can cause adverse reactions and hangovers. With no added sugar, each wine is tested to be under one gram of sugar in the entire bottle. Yep, you just heard that right. There's less than one carb in the whole bottle of wine. They're also slightly lower alcohol, which means you can enjoy a delicious wine pairing at dinner any given night and not end up with a hangover. You can receive an extra bottle for just a penny with your first order by visiting dryfarmwines.com slash heelnourishgrow. I'd love to hear what your favorite wine is after you try it and be sure to tag me on social with pictures of your wine and delicious dinners. Again, that bottle of wine for a penny is at dryfarmwines.com slash heelnourishgrow. So there are things for these substitutes uh, that you can bring. Same thing with uh, dressing, you know, turkey dressing. It's typically made out of bread. You could make it out of a keto-friendly bread if you eat those, or you could make something different that has those same seasonings and flavors in it. For example, just take out the bread and give take any recipe. For example, in the South, the one that we used to make a lot, which was my favorite, was oyster dressing. So you could take the recipe for an oyster dressing and instead of putting bread in there, just use cauliflower instead. And you're still going to end up with a great side dish that gives you that same flavor profile, but that doesn't have all the carbs in it. Um, and of course, I'm focusing on carbs. Not everybody here was listening to this, or at least I hope there's a few people out here listening to this that are just interested in it for knowledge and, you know, that aren't yet living the keto low carb lifestyle, or they haven't discovered why it might be healthier for them yet. And of course, that's one of the reasons that I'm doing this podcast is so that I can share that information with a wider audience, you know, not just preaching to the choir, not just talking to people that are already involved in this community and this way of eating, but really sharing the benefits as to why it's healthier for you and better. And I guess, just to not to go too far off topic here with uh, what I'm trying to help you with with strategies for the holidays, but uh, one of the reasons that it is better, I think, if you look at the standard American diet, any no matter what style of eating people choose, whether it's vegetarian or just whole foods or paleo or keto or low carb, almost anybody, thought leaders in those spaces would agree that everyone, almost everyone, except for people following these special whole foods diets eats way, way, way too much sugar and way too much processed food. And that's one thing, whether you're vegan, vegetarian, carnivore, everybody can pretty much agree on that point. So whatever diet you're doing now, if you're still relying on a lot of prepackaged foods or foods that have, you know, any food where you read the ingredient list and it's got 20 or 30 things, that's not really anything that is helping you feel healthier and more vibrant. So uh, enough said about that for now. We'll have plenty of opportunities to address that in the future, but let's move on to the next point. So for keeping in alignment with your goals for the holidays, I would say the next thing is to stay active. And so whatever that means for you and whatever you're doing now, just trying to maintain that schedule during the holidays because holidays come with a lot of stress as well. And so whatever you do for movement on a daily basis, um, and here's another thing that 
if you've been around my content for a while, you probably have heard me say before, but it's such a misnomer. This whole eat more or eat less, exercise more thing is just really rife with problems. What movement is for? Movement is for muscle strength, movement is for heart health, and movement is for mental health. So it's not really, in my opinion, a lot of uh, activity and exercise that we traditionally do is not about weight loss. And the reason I say that is because typically a lot of people, once you increase your activity levels, your hunger levels increases too. And so if you haven't gotten a handle on your eating, exercising so much more is not really going to do that much for you. And it's important to do the right type of exercise as well. So overdoing cardio creates oxidative stress in your body and it creates inflammation, which can lead to, you know, injury in your arteries, which creates plaque eventually and cardiovascular disease. And it's the link between inflammation and cardiovascular disease isn't talked about nearly as much as it should be or could be. Um, but so not doing a ton of cardio. I mean, if you're a runner and I get it cause I was for 17 years and you run marathons and you just love that. And that's what your life's about. I'm not going to tell you to stop, but I'm just going to ask you to, to consider that it's not necessarily something that is in line with optimal health. And I've heard multiple people talk about this. So Whatever it is you do to stay active, whether it's taking walks, whether it's doing yoga, playing tennis, whatever it is, try to stay on your schedule with that as much as possible. Now, again, there's all these activities and events that might intervene, but keeping to your schedule will help you lower your stress. It'll help you just mentally be in charge during the holiday season because there's a lot of there's just a lot of things during the holidays, right? Like the family interactions and the extra stress of gift giving and all of these things, you're going to need a stress release. And this might also be a good time to consider doing short meditation practice if you haven't already. And I'll have another episode solely devoted to that at some point, but it is one of the best things that you can do for your brain and for stress. And there are so many wonderful apps out there now that do guided meditations In fact, that was one of the questions I had posed in my uh, introduction episode was, should I do some short guided meditations for you? And I could do them specifically towards goals of, for example, weight loss or stress or whatever it is. If you throw out those ideas to me, contact me and let me know if that would be useful. I'd be happy to do that because if you didn't hear this before, also my... um, introduction episode. I've been into yoga for a very long time, over 25 years at this point, and I've been an instructor for over 11 years, I think it is now. So um, meditation is definitely something that I have knowledge about and that I can share with you if that's something you would like. So always reach out and let me know. The other thing that I added to my tip list when I was thinking through this over the holidays, and I have definitely been very bad about this lately, and that is hydration. And so you're going to be potentially more active, doing more things, eating foods that don't necessarily, you know, align with your regular choices, maybe some more, as I mentioned, alcohol indulgence. So really using water (laughs) to your advantage. So water is going to help with a lot of things. As you already know, it can quell your hunger. It keeps you hydrated. It makes your skin look nicer. All the things that you're going to want when you're doing holiday events. And it's easy to forget because you're running around a lot more and you're busier. So just be mindful to Make sure that you get enough water each day. Usually it's about half your water or half your body weight in ounces of water is what you want to shoot for. So for example, if you weigh 150 pounds, you're going to go for about 75 ounces of water 
a day. A little more is fine, but there's no reason to go overboard because there's also such a thing as too much water and it's called hypernatremia and it is unlikely to happen, but it can happen in certain cases. So just enough water, it doesn't have to be an excessive amount and, and to thirst. If you're thirsty, obviously drink, that's a good sign. Um, but if you're not thirsty, just go for that minimum amount of water and that's gonna help with your hunger. And again, all this lovely skin benefits and everything that I mentioned. Uh, we already talked about possibly eating before events, depending on what it is, that might be a strategy. Um, also, I, again, let's, let's revisit this idea of weight loss during the holidays. So it might be a good time to take a break from that because your body can really benefit from diet breaks anyway. So if you've been working really hard all year to lose weight, this might be a time for the next, I would say from Thanksgiving to let's call it New Year's. So that's six, seven weeks, right? Six, seven week period to just commit to maintaining and eat at your- Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. We'd also love it if you could post a review on iTunes. It helps us so much by allowing others to more easily find us. The Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast wouldn't be possible without listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support. Now back to the show. Maintenance calories throughout the holidays. So that'll do a few things for you. Mentally, it'll free you up a little bit so that when you're at these events or family gatherings, you're not stressing out constantly about how much you're eating and eating at maintenance means that you're going to go to for example you can use the calculator on my website you'll go to the calculator you'll put in your weight your activity level all those things and you've seen these a million times it spits out what number it thinks the calories you need to maintain and so that will give you a few hundred more calories each and every day that when you're going to these events you have a glass of wine or something you're not overly stressed out about it the other way that you could approach it if you want to continue to lose weight during this time is to take diet breaks just on a weekly basis. So for example, you might eat at your regular deficit, which I never recommend more than 25% deficit of when you're trying to lose weight. There's a number of reasons for that. You don't want to slow your metabolism. You don't want to overly stress your body. You don't want to keep bumping yourself down lower and lower calories so that pretty soon you're hardly eating anything and that can affect your metabolism long term. So that's why it's a really good idea to do these diet breaks. So one way that you can do that is, as I said, do it on a weekly basis. So say that you have two events during a week. Uh, say you have a party on Tuesday and then on, or you have a party on Saturday and then on Tuesday you're getting together with some family for some kind of holiday gathering. So that's two days of your week. And typically when I have people do this, I would have you do your diet break over the weekend because that works the best for most people. But during the holidays, you might have other things like that work event on a Tuesday night that you might need to think ahead and figure out this whole calorie balance thing. So on the other days of that week, you'd eat at your normal deficit, 25 if you're being aggressive, maybe 20% if you are being less aggressive. And you, you, so you eat your deficit on all the other days. And then on that Tuesday and that Saturday, you eat at maintenance or you might slight, slightly go over and that's okay. Because again, giving your body that diet break occasionally and shaking things up with the number of calories you're eating keeps your body guessing and is more likely to keep your metabolism going at a high level. So again, there's those couple of options for you over this holidays. Just again, decide on your goals. And if you're still trying to lose weight, that's fine too. It's definitely possible. It's just going to require maybe some more planning for you. Um, 
And the reason also going back to diet breaks, the reason I recommend on the weekends is just easier, right? So during the week, you're kind of quote unquote sticking to plan or you're being good or whatever you call it in your head. I try to stay away from those kind of labels just from a psychological perspective. I like to always say I'm making choices that are in alignment with my goals. So you don't want to put good or bad labels on things is what I try to avoid personally, but um, that will let you, you know, like I said, stay in alignment with your goals over the holidays, what are, whatever those are, but being mindful about it is really key. Another thing that you can do to try to stay in alignment with your goals over the holidays is to enlist your help from friends and community. And the community is another one of my five C's that are to create better habits is finding a community of like-minded people wherever you find that is so important. So it could be if there's other people in your family that are also on a health journey and they are have similar goals to you for the holidays, you know, enlisting their help or ha- being around them for the holidays or checking in with them on a regular basis. You know, having someone to be accountable to is really helpful. A lot of studies have shown how when you're in a group setting, uh, for weight loss or for uh, say like groups like AA, things like that. The community aspect is really huge. So even if it's finding an online community that is doing the same way of eating that you are, or that has similar ideas to you, those are all very helpful. And maybe finding what I like to call an accountability buddy. <laughs> and that is not something that I made up. I'm going to actually tell you where I heard it or saw it and you'll laugh, but um, if you've ever seen South Park, <laughs> it's one of the episodes where... Thank you. It's been so long since I've seen it, but I just thought that was such a cute phrase. So find yourself an accountability buddy for the holidays and that'll help you stay on track with your goals. Uh, the managing stress thing I did already mention a couple times in a couple ways. So it's staying with some kind of movement. I'm finally able to share some really exciting news with the Heal, Nourish, Grow family. After years of people telling me I should write a cookbook, I finally did. It's of course focused on keto recipes that are low carb and delicious, but however you choose to eat, you'll want to have these weeknight recipes that are finished in under 30 minutes at your disposal to feed your hungry crew. The cookbook is available mid-November, so if you're listening to this, it's likely already out. Please visit cookbook.healnourishgrow.com for all the details. I like to think of the movement piece as at least a couple times a week. I mean, maybe there's just something that you do for exercise just to kind of get it out of the way because it's easy and it's what you've chosen. But if you can find something that's like makes you joyful, some kind of joyful movement to practice once a week, that is really useful. So for me, it happens to be dancing in my kitchen. (laughs) And whenever um, I'm cooking over the weekends and we usually will turn on the Sonos and my husband plays DJ and we have some songs and I always try to find at least one song that moves me to do a little shake shake. (laughs) So if it doesn't have to be dancing for you, but it could just be any kind of movement that makes you joyful. Maybe it's yoga, maybe it's tennis, maybe it's running, whatever it is, try to work that in once a week. That'll help with both stress levels and staying active to build strength and keep your heart healthy. So again, those are the reasons I think of exercise, not for weight loss. So I just wanted to revisit the thing about alcohol again. So if you're going to parties, particularly for people that are not in the low carb, low sugar space, uh, mixers are notoriously high calorie and full of sugar. So if you go to those parties, there's a couple options for that as well. You might bring along your own 
sugar-free or low-calorie mixer. If you're one of the ladies, you might be able to sneak it in your purse and not have to tell anybody about it. Or you could bring it to your host and just say, hey, I've really been enjoying this lately. I thought I'd bring some for my cocktails. And if you want to try it, here's a couple extra, something like that. Uh, it can be things like Zebia is a, a stevia sweetened um, cola or whatever you want to call it, uh, just soft drinks, right? So uh, there's cola flavor, there's uh, what's the cre cream soda, root beer. There's, they have all kind of the traditional flavors. So if you like any of those things as a mixer, you could just get a sugar-free variety. There's also a couple of great brands that I've run into lately and I'm forgetting the name, but I'll put it in the show notes. It's a brand that does a great uh, low carb Bloody Mary mix, which is awesome for the holidays. And of course, sparkling water is always your go-to. No calories, sparkling water or regular water or alcohol straight. But I don't recommend that, especially if you are doing keto or low carb, because alcohol can affect you a little bit harder when you're doing low carb. So um, I would say something like a vodka soda is definitely my go-to. You could put a little squeeze of lemon or a little squeeze of lime in it for some flavor. Um, other alcohols that don't have carbs are most whiskeys. I would say I live you know, in Cincinnati and so we're very close to bourbon country in Kentucky. And bourbon is traditionally not have any sugar, but I will tell you that when I have drank some of the Kentucky bourbons, there is a sweetness to them that I don't think comes from just the barrel. I think that there could be some added sugar or carbs in there. So that's just something to watch out for. Um, but generally vodka, tequila are great. Also uh, most wine, as long as you're not going with a sweeter wine, most wine is relatively low carb, but it can still add up. Most traditional wines will have five, like anywhere from three to five grams of carbs in it. Um, champagne's actually one of the lowest carbs you can go, as long as you find a brut, a brut nature, or ultra brut. Ultra brut is very hard to find, so is brut nature, but um, brut you can find very easily. And champagne is usually no more than two carbs per glass. So if you really want to go all the way to low carb, you know you've heard me talk about it before, and that is having some dry farm wines. And if you go to my link, dryfarmwines.com slash heal, nourish, grow, you can get an extra bottle for a penny. Uh, but their wine is all tested to be less than one gram in the entire bottle. And that's what I've been drinking the last few years for the most part. It's not always possible when I go out somewhere, but I often bring it with me. To, if I'm going to a holiday party, I'll bring it for my host and just say, hey, I, this, and it's true, I've been drinking this for years. I love this wine. It's got no sugar. You want to try it with me? You know, something like that. You could bring it along or just have it at your house and go with the lowest carb options at a party. And again, keeping in mind that if you have, whatever your goal was, if you've chosen that you're fine with gaining a little weight over the holidays, maybe you have the regular wine or an extra drink or two and you don't worry about it too much. If it's losing weight, I would say stick alcohol, definitely has some other things that it can affect, right? So it might affect your judgment. It might make you a little more snacky all of a sudden. You might start going for some food that you don't want to eat. So just keep all of that in mind. It's all a balance, right? And it's all these goals that you made are also changeable depending on how you're feeling, um, but just know yourself. And so if you know that if you make this goal and then you can talk yourself out of it too easily, then maybe be a little bit more strict with yourself. Um, but knowing yourself is really the key to all of this stuff. Knowing yourself is the key to knowing whether you can just have one piece of regular pie and that it's not gonna throw you into a tailspin. 
So if you know that about yourself, if you know that if you go off track like that one time, that it's going to possibly wreck you for weeks or really um, interfere with the goals that you have for yourself, then maybe you don't do that. If you're a person that knows that you can just have just one of something and stop and not have all these kind of cravings for the next couple days after that, then enjoy. Enjoy something that you like over the holidays and that makes you feel good and that is very tasty. Um, And just be mindful while you're eating it as well, as much as possible. So not like standing up and just mindlessly eating stuff at parties or events, but really, especially if you're going to eat something that you don't normally allow yourself to eat and it's a real treat, like just chew it slowly, savor every bite, really be mindful about the whole eating practice. And if that's something you're interested in, there's an article on Heal, Nourish, Grow about that as well, mindful eating. It's kind of like a 101, the basics of that, how to get into it, all the aspects of it, how to get started. And that is something that whenever I do choose, and again, not that I think that's bad or wrong, everybody's a little different. I just don't crave that sort of thing very often, but when I do, or if there's a special thing like, um, for example, when I went to Italy a couple, this is all pre-COVID obviously, but a couple years ago, um, and I had already been low carb keto for a while, but Italy, in particular Naples, Italy, has the best pizza in the entire world. So while I was there, I got a pizza. I hadn't had pizza in, I don't even know how long, but I ate, I think two pieces, really chewed them thoroughly, thoroughly loved it. It was absolutely delicious. And by the way, I only do this if you don't have issues with gluten. I mean, on a regular basis, I don't eat any gluten at all, but I don't have any serious problems with it. So this was okay for me, but it might not be okay for you. <laughs> so um, I ate my two pieces of pizza and then I scraped the toppings off the rest and I went about my life. I mean, it was not the end of the world, um, but I am one of those people. I know this about myself. I could do that. And it didn't make me have a bunch of cravings the next day. It didn't set me off track for the rest of the trip. Uh, Mostly I just ate meat and vegetables like I always would. And that was all fine. So again, knowing yourself in these situations and when it's special and when it's worth it. There's so many things, so much food out there, particularly mass produced food at parties and, and packaged food. That's just not worth it. Like if you really are mindful and taste it and eat it and pay attention, while you're doing that, you'll find that there are plenty of things you're like, yeah, it's just not that good. So it's not worth it. So save your intake for very nourishing, nutrient dense foods, things that you know that are delicious and that you love, like some lovely juicy ribeye, or if you like a good chicken salad or whatever it is for you, like eat those things, eat those things that make you feel good and that you really do enjoy. And so if one of those things happens to be um, a piece of kind of Christmas cake or something like that, and you know that you can do it without going off the rails, then enjoy it. Make that choice. Again, it's all about choices when you're doing new habits. Mentally, make that choice that I'm going to have this piece of whatever it is, and I'm going to thoroughly enjoy it, and I'm going to taste every bite, and I'm going to chew it, and I'm just going to love it. And just Go on with your life then after that. It doesn't have to be this crazy thing about like, should I cheat? Should I not? It's make choices. And then you've got to learn to accept those choices, right? Once you've made them. So learn from these things also. If you do that one time, you thought you're okay with that choice and it set you off on this three-day carb bender or it made you feel bad or all of those things, learn from it. So even if you have a time 
when you do one of these things and you consider it a mistake or they wish you wouldn't have do it, done it, just learn from it. And that's it. So anyway, I hope this was helpful in some way. If you need advice or other strategies for getting through the holidays, you can always reach out. As always, I would love for you to please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps other people find the show. If you rate it and show your comments, uh, it's hard sometimes to get seen, especially as new podcasts. So if you're enjoying what you're hearing, please leave a review. Let me know how I can help. Let me know what topics you want to hear more about. So enjoy your holidays. I hope they are wonderful and filled with delicious food and family and a few events to whatever degree that is safe for you in your life right now. Um, but I will talk to you again next time. And uh, again, have a wonderful holiday season. This has been the Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast. Again, I'm Cheryl McColgan, founder of Heal, Nourish, Grow. You can find show notes for this episode at HealNourishGrowPodcast.com. If you have feedback on today's episode or questions about the content, please email us at podcast at HealNourishGrow.com. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to sign up for our email list at HealNourishGrow.com and subscribe to the show with your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode. Join us next time for more information that helps you live your best and healthiest life. Thanks for listening. Content on the Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast does not constitute medical advice. Content contained in the Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast is not intended as medical diagnosis or treatment. Neither the company nor its owner, Heal, Nourish, Grow, LLC, nor any of the company's employees, agents, or guest speakers provide medical advice. The content provided on Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your medical provider with any questions about what health practices are right for you.